in this episode, we dive into Scorpio season, Samhain, and the magic and mystery of the other world. This is a juicy episode and we culminate with a meditation to connect deeply with Sekhmet. Let's dive in. Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you're into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you've stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, sacred site activations, and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work and budding mystery school at earthseedtemplearts.com or follow Earthseed Temple Arts on Instagram. This community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective, and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever. Crystallize your medicine. great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Welcome to episode 39, The Otherworldly Gate of Samhain. I'm certain after that potent hunter's moon that danced through the sign of Aries, conjunct untamable Eris and Aries, I imagine that many of you out there listening are quite relieved to welcome the waning moon's frequencies which we're in that waning period now. And for so many of us, the Aries full moon illuminated our passions, our emotions, the spaces in our lives where we need to be unapologetically clear 
a lot of opportunities for growth around relationships has arisen arisen to the surface. And with that, sometimes it means terminating some relationships for our own health and well-being. Now, as the moon begins to edge towards darkness, we begin the death of a very old cycle because we're in this waning phase as we're entering into the gate of Samhain. And each one of us is being asked to cut the ties that no longer serve. We need to be really clear on where we stand in our lives, in our world, and to be unapologetically clear. Life is so sacred And we are going through great, great transformation. And the most profound way you can be of service is to be in your truth within this transformation and to continue to show up and stand for your truth. So the moon is going to continue to wane. And by next Wednesday, October 28th, the last quarter phase of the moon really places the spotlight on the paradigms and the patterns that were revealed in Mercury Retrograde's dance. So it's going to be a powerful time of reckoning. And again, we're just sinking deeper and deeper into this season of Samhain. And I'm going to explain more about Samhain in this episode. However, for now, I want to talk about Scorpio season. And we welcome Scorpio season very early Saturday morning, depending on where you are in the world. And for some parts, it will be late Friday night. So I'm currently recording this podcast episode on Venus Day, Friday, October 22nd. It's 10.57 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And for the East Coast of the United States, the sun is going to shift into Scorpio very early October 23rd at 12.55 a.m. So you'll need to adjust for your time zone. And this is when we go down into the depths. Scorpio season is the most potent, profound time of transformation. Scorpio really dances with a number of archetypes. Within Scorpio season, we get to choose what level of transformation we wish to experience. This can range from the most primal and sexual scorpion who is very much defending their territory, being on guard, on edge, to the archetype of the snake willing to die again and again, shed that skin for that rebirth, that renewal, that reawakening, to the eagle this ability to fly and to spread your wings and to see the wide perspective to a new level of embodiment of the 
emergence of self-mastery through the phoenix's deep transcendence. And the phoenix is really the highest octave of Scorpio, we could say, as that phoenix willingly goes into the fire to become pure ash, and from that ash rises up completely anew. So we're making our choices in the Scorpio season, each one of us, as to what we're available for, what we're ready for. Regardless, it is very much a time of year where it's like we're traveling through that eye of the needle. It's a time of intensity and great mystery, all about our ultimate transformation. And we can think of the journey of the zodiacal wheel, and it begins with Aries, and it's that emergence of that I am presence traveling through the Taurian field and Gemini and Cancer and Leo, and then refining with Virgo and wishing to really relate through Libra. And then with Scorpio, there is that ability to go into the descent and to really dive into the taboo topics, which can range from death, money, power and control, sex, taxes, inheritances, all the ways that we connect in relationships or with the world at large where we can potentially choose to give away our power or take power over others. And so there's this straddling of that victim and tyrant consciousness and how do we learn to come out of that cycle into a higher octave so that we are really able to navigate through the realms of magic and mystery and to illuminate the journey through the dark. Scorpio season can, for some of us, feel really intense. It's a time to really get in there. People can be extra suspicious or possessive. However, it is an important time to really take note of what it is that we own, what we share, what is given, how we deal with our loss how we deal with our needs and our desires and our basic human instincts. So ultimately in the Scorpio season, it's all about renewal and regeneration. But the renewal cannot occur until a true death has occurred, until something has been shed and dissolved and given up. And because as humans, we love so much and we love so deeply, many of us really struggle with letting go. And we could say that can be something that Scorpios themselves can struggle with is that capacity to let go. So this is a powerful time of year to let go, to really see how little control each one of us has in the world at large in our relationships, right? Ultimately, the only point of true reference or control is within ourselves. And part of 
the process that we're being asked to initiate ourselves in on a deeper level is how do we give up control to our higher self, realizing that, yes, we are in these human bodies and we also have our higher wisdom, our higher self that is guiding us and really wishing to support us each step of the way. Scorpio season is a beautiful time to really renew, rekindle your relationship with your higher self, with your guides, your guardians, your ancestors, and any other kinds of beings, ascended masters, angels, nature spirits, whatever it is that you call upon, God, goddess, the divine. This is a time to harness that form of communication as veils are becoming thinner. Mars joins both the sun and Vesta in Scorpio on Saturday, October 30th, and that happens at 10.22 a.m. for Eastern time zone. And we know Mars as the archetypal nature of our drive, our will, how we move energy forward. This is the archetype that's associated with the warrior, the athlete, the daredevil, the hunter. So Mars and Scorpio is making that energy move forward through the veils of transformation, through traversing the realms of death to culminate into newer frequencies. And Mars rules both the sign of Aries and Scorpio in traditional astrology. So Mars is quite at home here and much more so than Mars and Libra. This will be a really beautiful shift and it's also a shift that is going to assist us with how we navigate through the realms of the dark. For it is the dark that allows us to see the light and with Scorpio season, we welcome the seasonal gateway of magical Samhain. Samhain is both the traditional ending and the beginning of the Celtic wheel of the year. This is the time of the year when the Grail Mother becomes crone. And with this time of year, we are magnetized towards the archetypes of the wise woman and the dark goddess. The dark goddess and the dark itself were systematically demonized in the Middle Ages of old Europe. Deep within our psyches, we know that darkness is the place of true fertility, the space of the ancestors and our portal to the other world. However, many of us have deeply embedded the fear of the witch hunt within our bones, many of us in other lifetimes and also through the cellular memory of our bones, of our DNA, remember for being ostracized, for being even tortured and killed for our beliefs around connecting with these unseen realms, 
working with the natural laws of earth, which is all magic is. It's harnessing what the Egyptians call the Neturu. The Neturu are the gods and the goddesses. They're principles of nature. And many cultures have their own cosmology around magic and the other world and our overarching patriarchal overculture that is rapidly, rapidly dying in these times, literally in this current astrology, we're all feeling it because there are parts of ourselves that have to die alongside this overculture. There are parts of ourselves, they're not really our truth. However, they've been kind of like tagging along with us for many of us since our womb consciousness began because they were tagging along with our mothers and our fathers and our grandmothers and our grandfathers. And so as we go back through our actual blood lineage, we can find ancestors, whether they were indigenous Americans or indigenous Africans or indigenous Europeans or peoples from other places and spaces, many medicine women and medicine men literally lost their lives for practicing their medicine. So this is a season where we can really heal those deep, deep wounds and those deep storylines. And with this season, because the Grail Mother has become crone, she has become hag. Hag is a term that our overculture has used against women. However, it was once a revered term. It was once an uplifted term. This dark goddess, she takes many forms, ranging from Kali to Medusa, Morgana, Baba Yaga, Sekhmet, Sata, and so many others. If you're enjoying Stars, Stones, and Stories, I'd love for you to take a moment and find the iTunes podcast app, which if you have an iPhone, it's a little purple icon on your phone, and I believe it looks like that as well for Androids. And you're going to search for Star Stones and Stories, and then you're going to write a review. Your review means so much to making this podcast more visible to new listeners. And I'd love for you to write a review. Also, take a moment, whether you're listening on Spotify or my website, Star Stones and Stories, or my main website, Earth earthseedtemplearts.com. Just take a moment and share this podcast with a few of your friends as well. It really means a lot. And the more listeners that I have, the more sustainable it is for me to really take the deep amount of time and space that I dedicate to making these episodes so valuable for you all. And with that, if you're feeling called to journey deeper into the different archetypes, the cosmology, the mythology, and the astrology of the dark goddess, I'd love for you to circle up with me 
for a dark goddess masterclass. This is an evening that will honor the dark goddess that lives within all of us. The crone, the hag, these are the parts of ourselves that we have often banished. And we will honor the variations of the dark goddess through a journey that will include mythology, cosmology, astrology, storytelling. The evening will culminate with an opportunity for reflection. And even if you can't join us live on Monday, November 1st at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, there will be a recording that you will have lifetime access to, and you're also going to receive a guided audio meditation to continue to work with the Dark Goddess, journal prompts to uncover the Dark Goddess within you, a ritual to invoke the Dark Mother, invitations on how to celebrate the dark moon phases of your life, and how you may deepen your connection with a dark goddess that lives within your natal chart, also known as your cosmic blueprint. So I would love for you to circle up in honor of the dark goddess, and you can find more information and register at earthseedtemplearts.com. It's right there on my homepage, or you can go to the events tab and you'll find the sign up link there. And with that, I'd love to share these beautiful words from one of my mentors, Dr. Clarissa Pincola Estes. Feel me now as dark crone woman. I am death and transformation. I am ending and regeneration. Queen of the underworld. I stir my cauldron of inspiration. All must travel my dark yonic passage into my womb of rebirth. For in death I give life. Be still in the darkness and feel my presence. I hold the mystery of rebirth. If your soul is desiring profound and lasting rebirth and regeneration, I invite you to join us on the Living Legacy, Rematrixing the Codes of Life pilgrimage. That will be the 3rd of December through the 22nd of December of 2021. We're going to start in Upper Egypt and beautiful, beautiful Luxor. We're going to begin with a profound temple activation at El Kab on the Sagittarius total solar eclipse. We will travel to many other temples and holy spaces, including Hatshepsut's temple, Dendera, Seti I in Abydos, Karnak and Sekhmet's chapel, the temple of Mut, Luxor temple, Isis temple, Queen Nefertari's tomb, the Valley of the Kings, and the temple of the Oracle of Amun. We will have a private Gemini full moon sphinx ceremony and a two-hour private immersion within the Great Pyramid just hours before Venus goes retrograde in Capricorn. We will enjoy a beautiful hot air balloon adventure over Luxor at sunrise and, of course, explore many different pyramids beyond just the Great Pyramids. <laughs> I say just because the Great Pyramids and the Great Pyramid itself are highly, highly magical, very profound healing chambers. 
We will also explore Saqqara Step Pyramid, Dashur Pyramids, and some other lesser-known pyramids. We will journey to the Fayyum and see ancient, ancient whale bones and travel through the sands that inspired Paulo Coelho's The Alchemist. There will be many other amazing sights, especially as we take some deep, deep rest and restoration in the oasis of Siwa, where we will explore many different healing waters, including Cleopatra Spring, Desert Hot Springs, the salt pools of Siwa. It's going to be amazing. And you're going to have a trip of a lifetime. These pilgrimages are true spiritual holy journeys. If you're really seeking a way to integrate all of the loss and the grief you've experienced in the past nearly two years and looking for a way to transform what has died and to leave it in the ash and to cellularly lift up and purify the codes of who you are so that you can step forth into the new earth with a consciousness that makes you proud, I really encourage you to send me a private message, support at earthseedtemplearts.com, and I'll share the official invitation with you. Please make sure you're receiving my weekly Venetian love notes. You can sign up via the show notes It's super important that we have a way to stay in touch in these times. We love social media for all that it does, and we also know that it's not 100% reliable. Things can crash, systems can go down, platforms can end. And so email is still the gold standard in keeping in touch with one another. So if you make sure you're signed up for my weekly Venetian love notes and whitelist make my email address support at earthseedtemplearts.com as a part of your contacts then it makes it more likely that those weekly love letters land in your inbox which is where you want to see them calendar Samhain is exact each year on the 31st of october through the 1st of november cultures all over the world quite often celebrate this season and this time of the ancestors. In 2021, Solar Samhain is aligned on November 7th, and Lunar Samhain is ignited on November 19th as the Taurus micro-lunar eclipse appears in the sky. And Samhain is the autumn cross-quarter festival, welcoming Hallow's Eve and the Festival of Remembrance. It is the time of the dark moon, the space where mystery and true transformation occurs. In the space of stillness, we may find renewal through meditation, trance, rest, sleep, dreaming, astral travel, journaling, deep meditation, and other forms of ritual and ceremony. True transformation requires some sort of sacrifice of the outer self. And as we are willing to sacrifice, 
we are creating true renewal within the cells of our being that allows this season of rebirthing with Yule to occur naturally, cosmically, through nature. The dark of the moon is three days before the new moon when it has waned so far that it is barely visible in the sky. The dark moon brings deep wisdom on our journey, where we have been, and a sense of where we are going. It is a time of quiet reflection, assimilation, for really being witness to learn from our experience and to prepare for the new cycle by seeking out new intentions to take you to new heights. And I love the dark moon phase. For many years now, I host a women's wisdom circle every month at the dark moon, right before the new moon. And we gather collectively in person, and it's so lovely. Samhain carves out a space for the ancestors. And the ancestors are our portal to the other world, to the unseen realm, where the space lies, where the veil becomes thin. The other world offers the realm of all of the imaginal beings, ranging from the fae to the elves, little people, unicorns, gods and goddesses, ancestors, angels, all sorts of beings. And it is our ancestors that are the bridge to assist us with connecting into this unseen realm. So our connection to our ancestors is of utmost importance. And if you're new to ancestral practice, Samhain is the season to initiate, to begin that practice. And you may not know this, but I do have offerings on Patreon. So it's patreon.com backslash Rama tribe. And I do have a monthly ancestral healing circle if you're interested in cultivating a stronger ancestral practice. Our ancestors and our connection to our ancestors feed our lives. We feed them, they feed us. It's a dance of mutual reciprocity. Therefore, Samhain creates that space where we can really honor our ancestors. And so if you have an ancestral altar, it can be a good time of year to like spruce it up, you know, check out how your altar's doing. Do you need to dust it? Do you need to take some things off and freshen other aspects up? I always encourage you to trust your intuition with your ancestral altar. However, that being said, um, red cloth is really beautiful. Ancestors love the color red because it represents the realm of fire, as well as photographs. Just making sure that any photographs only contain departed people. And then you can feed your ancestors with things that you love or that you know that they loved when they were living. And it becomes a dance of really attuning to the hidden messages. And sometimes you're inspired to buy a piece of cake that you know your great-grandmother would have loved or make a cup of coffee just for a departed one. And in ancient Celtic mythology, 
people would come and they would give offerings. They would give offerings to the gods of the sea. They would light bonfires near burial mounds to honor the dead. Fires that didn't have this honoring aspect would be put out during this time of honoring so that any flame was one of great respect and reverence. And in the holy island of Avalon, which my heart always lives within, I have a deep, deep soul connection to this land, and perhaps you do too, Avalon is the land of apples, the Isle of Glass, and it is Morgana, queen, goddess Morgana, the queen of the dead, the queen of the fae, who is anchored deep within the heart of Avalon. And she is a triple goddess. These triple goddesses very much connect us to that frequency of maiden mother crone. However, one of Morgana's frequencies is to be to shapeshift into a crow and there are actually nine morgans themselves and they're all aspects and they're all these beautiful goddesses and morgana can show up in many different ways and it is the apple that really signifies the sacred marriage between life and death womb and tomb are the way of life birth and death And within so many different cosmologies, we find that signature of really honoring the holiness between womb and tomb. So our connection, our our awakening to the other world inspires us in our waking world. And the other world is the space of the liminal It is the realm of spirit. It is the realm of the departed. It is the realm of the divine, the gods, the goddesses, source, creation. And I think what is really important for us to understand while we're in this human incarnation is that any dream that we have, that we desire, also lives within the other world as well. And it's already architected within the realms of the other world. And what we're learning in this reality is how to build that up in the waking three-dimensional earthly realm. And there's a deep, deep connection between the other world and the waking world. And so the more that we take time to honor the unseen, and especially in this time when the veils are thin, we are strengthening that resonance between the seen and the unseen. And we're also feeding those realms so that they in turn can feed us. And this is why in so many different indigenous cultures, they have forms of divination and there's deep honoring, there's there's offerings that are offered from a space and a place of devotion These indigenous cultures have known that it is non-negotiable for us to stay in right relationship with the unseen realm. However, in our current overculture, many of us have forgotten about this. We've fallen asleep to this. Our ancestors have fallen asleep to this. And here we are waking up 
We're in the midst of collectively waking up to this, and it is imperative. It is one of the greatest ways we can take social action is through those unseen realms. And what better time but Samhain? So I really encourage you to begin to work your magic in a whole new way this Samhain season, this otherworldly season. We're all primed for it in such a beautiful capacity. We're coming to completion in this water year. And this water year is a year of shape-shifting. It is a year of magic. And as we're coming towards the culmination, so many of us have been through really intense, brutal, brutal lessons this year and deep reckoning. And so we are quite humbled and quite tender at heart, which actually allows us to arrive to the portal of Samhain with that humbleness and with that love and with that willingness to drop all pretenses and to arrive with that which is essential, that which is of our essence, our purity, our truth. And this water year really wants to support us in shedding the timelines and the stories of grief for We've held that space and now it is time, it is time to begin to architect the new earth with a new consciousness, really devoting, devoting from our value system, how we spend our sacred time and attention and who we spend it with. And this is so important as we're coming to the closure of 2021 and beginning to look to 2022. Samhain will allow you to bridge with the other world through your ancestral connection. You connect with your favorite Netter, your favorite gods and goddesses, with your favorite angels and fae and little people. And harnessing the potency of death to bring to completion, knowing that we don't always have to understand every single thing that's dying or why it's dying. We can also go into retreat for the space of regeneration so that the veils become thin and our psyches become attuned and we have the ability to access these realms. And for many of us, our intuition, our dreams, our psychic impressions, our subtle abilities become so heightened in this season. It is such a important time to create that stillness in life to honor the void and you can do that with long baths with candle gazing with divination with journaling with deep sleep and deep rest and so this brings us to the scorpio super new moon which occurs on thursday november 4th at 5 15 p.m that's eastern time and this Scorpio new moon opens up eclipse season. So with this new moon, the sun and moon meet up at 12 degrees, 40 arc minutes Scorpio. And this chart is ruled by Mars as it 
is it's an Aries rising chart when I cast it for where I live. So it, it could vary a little bit depending on where you are in the world. However, I want to speak to how I cast it. And in that sense, we have the sun and moon both in Scorpio and they are conjunct Mars and Scorpio. So this is a, a new moon of really taking action. It opens eclipse season because in a couple of weeks, we're going to have our first full moon lunar eclipse, and that's actually a micro eclipse, eclipse, and we'll speak more about that in episode 40 and the potency of eclipse season. However, if you're really excited, you can always tune into some of my previous eclipse season podcast episodes to get a sense of why eclipse portals are so powerful. These are wheels of fortune. They're wheels of destiny. They are game changers in our lives. And there are times where we can really shift the magnitude, the frequency of how we are moving on earth. So the Scorpio new moon with Mars conjunct, we also have Vesta in Scorpio. So our instinct is definitely to be devoted to transformation. And there's just such a call to really be immersed in the Samhain frequency. So everything we've discussed in this podcast episode so far is just going to become amplified with this new moon. And this new moon opposes Uranus and Taurus. It's almost a complete direct opposition. And we know Uranus and Taurus. We've explored it through this podcast. Uranian energy is so much about bringing in unexpected change, genius solutions, out-of-the-box circumstances, and collectively with Uranus and Taurus, we're being asked to connect deeper with Mother Earth, to build our value system so that we are aligned with Earth consciousness. This means that it is time to really take sustainability to a whole new level. Forgo greenwashing. We're talking about true, long-term, sustainable measures, longevity for the planet, and how can we make our day-to-day choices reflect our value system? So that means that really being mindful about where we invest our sacred time and attention, where we invest our currency, our money, where we invest our creativity. We are all artists. We are all entrepreneurs. And we get to choose where we direct our energy. In fact, that's our greatest gift as humans. No one can ever take that away. And this new moon is asking you, are you aligned with your values? That's very, very important, especially because we have Venus She's in Sagittarius at the very tail end of her Sagittarian journey. She's really coming to karmic completion. And her journey in Sagittarius has been all about really valuing uh, vision and valuing truth and valuing adventure and our belief system and being willing to 
sit with different beliefs and to honor them all and to find the overlapping and interconnected truths within them all. Venus, as she shifts into Capricorn, she will be preparing for her retrograde journey in Capricorn, which again, we will talk about that in some future episodes 40 and 41. So please stay tuned. However, I want to foreshadow this a little bit because we do have this Scorpio new moon, sun and moon married opposing Uranus and Taurus, which is ruled by Venus. And so our values and our journey and our beliefs and where we stand with our beliefs and how do we live them in the world and how do we live side by side others who have extremely radically different beliefs. That is something we're seeing more and more on the planet is this like separation of beliefs and cultures of people. And what's important is that we hold value to human choice and creativity and the fact that not everyone is going to agree. That's really important. And with the sun and moon and Mars all conjunct in Scorpio, they square Saturn in Aquarius the square to Saturn and Aquarius is speaking on that level of where we're going collectively with medicine and technology and our care and concern for humanity as a whole. And we know from history and from the past, we know that it's very common for things to be presented to the public on a certain level, but to have undertones with very different meanings. And what's important is that we stay committed to our truth and and we honor the truth. We stay sovereign with our swords of intelligence and our swords of protection to uphold that which is true and that which is truly Aquarian and truly for humanity as a collective. The moon and sun also trine Neptune and Pallas Athene and Pisces with this lunation, which is quite beautiful because this brings in a deep, rich spiritual element and also a very creative element around color and light and sound and art and poetry. So this new moon and this whole lunar cycle that's going to take us up to the Sagittarius total solar eclipse on the first Saturday of December 2021, this whole lunar cycle really emits depth and creativity and spirituality and an opportunity to continue to grow And also to see our shadows as we have some intense aspects with Juno in Sagittarius and Black Moon Lilith in Gemini. So we are clearing and where you can be of most service is staying connected and committed to your own deep inner work. Mercury has officially cleared 
its retrograde shadow as this new moon comes forth and is now conjunct Mars and Scorpio. And so Mercury is like relaying to Mars and Scorpio all of the details of Mercury's retrograde from September through early November. They're getting attuned together, which will really impact how we want to take action forward as well. The Scorpio new moon comes up to 13 degrees, and the Sabian symbol for 13 degrees Scorpio, as given by Rudyard, is an inventor performs a laboratory experiment. This is about the driving urge towards achievement, which is at the root of civilization. So this offers a signature of how... At the essence of a civilization, there is a desire to really be inventive, to use genius potential, and to wish to push itself beyond limitations, perceived limitations, we could say. This signature when the sun and moon meet up at 13 degrees Scorpio is really trying to get to the root of problems of interpersonal and international relations and how when we really get down to the root, we need a process that includes both intellectual analysis and intuition and that they're both equally important. And the star sparks for 13 degrees Scorpio, as given by Lonsdale, is someone tells a joke and no one laughs. He describes this as when everyone is feeling a feeling, but it seems to be the kind of feeling that no one wishes to admit they are feeling. So it's like one is eating the shadow, eating the darkness, the hidden, and that shadow and darkness becomes the nourishment as one can become quite uncomfortable quite comfortable with ignoring and avoiding reality. And ultimately, this is about death, how we are living so close to death that we are burnt by the sensation of destruction and recreation. So I felt called to look up 13 degrees Taurus as Uranus is directly opposing the sun and the moon in this new moon chart, which, as we know, opens up our eclipse season. And Rudyard says that the Sabian symbol for this is a porter carrying heavy baggage. It's about self-mobilization for social advantage. Knowing that carrying a load, it could be a load of debts that could be from many different things. And it is important to know how what we do, what we buy, what we do in our kind of mundane world is very much a part of a social collective. And in the Star Sparks, Lonsdale relates this signature to a triest on imaginary creatures. Whichever world we can dream up, we can enter in soul and become entirely absorbed within. It is up to us whether it is a life-giving or sterile, theoretical or practical, isolating, 
or if it's connecting us with something vaster, more universal, and more archetypal. So this is really asking us, this Uranian and Taurus energy at this moment of this new moon is asking us, are we willing to break through to the deeper places of becoming authentically inventive and even visionary? And as we're being asked that, we're also being asked to really look at a part of being human is being in a collective, being part of civilization and culture. And what are we going to do about it? How are we going to participate? And how do we activate within each one of us both our intuition and our ability to intellectually discern and critically think? And when we find a way to merge that, we have this ability to really experience the thrill of radical discovery and fabulous interventions become a reality. And we are nourished as well as our dreams here on earth are coming true. At this Scorpio new moon, the sun and moon are conjunct Alfeca, which Alfeca is part of the Corona Borealis. It is the brightest star and sometimes called Gemma, can also be named Alpha Corbor. Gemma is about gem or jewel, that really shining bright star, the northern crown. This is important because there's a connection to, to the crown and what we are willing to crown ourselves in these times. The Scorpio new moon and Scorpio season as a whole, it does wish to really transform us and take us into the depths. And Scorpio energy, it's fixed water energy. So it preserves that season of fall and very stabilizing, at times very stubborn. And the watery nature of Scorpio is like the abyss. It's like the swampland. And we're being asked to really dive into our inner swampland, which ultimately that's where our greatest treasures lie. Young spoke about it so much how if we don't make the unconscious alive, then it's like we're living our lives just totally in the dark. What real awakening is, is awakening to our darkness and diving into those depths. So I hope that this Samhain Scorpionic season brings you so much magic and metamorphosis and true lasting transformation, a true rematrixing of your entire physicality. And may you also connect with your ancestors, build an ancestor altar, embody the work of this season and give offerings in a way that brings true devotion from your heart. There is that mutual reciprocity between this world and the other world. And when we make the time to give thanks and to give offerings, we open up 
portals and spaces in our hearts to receive more and more beyond our own wildest dreams. And the times we live in are so highly important. I'll never forget this reggae song that I used to love so many years ago, and I still do. I can't remember the name of the title. And in the lyrics, the artist is talking about how sacred time really is and how what true reckoning is, is at any given moment you could be frozen. And as time is frozen, whatever you are doing in that moment becomes your permanent reality. And I believe on some level, this is what the ancient Egyptians were teaching us as we can look to the Book of the Dead and so many other texts. And within that cosmology, the sun, the sun god Ra, is born each morning out of the womb of Nut, the starry womb of Nut. And as the sun crosses over the sky, that beautiful horizon lion, the the Duat, And the sun sets and is once more swallowed by Mother Nut. And this cycle of life and death and resurrection occurring over and over again. When one dies, when they cross over and they're received and their heart is weighed by Ma'at, These are such symbolic, powerful teachings that are layered in so many capacities. I encourage you to see how these stories and symbols, the ones that really call to you, see what they are asking you to apply with your own life, with this living incarnation. So we're going to journey with Sekhmet again because her fierceness and her presence and her power really wishes to come forth to support us. And before we dive in with Sekhmet again, as we did in episode 38, and we have in other episodes of Stars, Stones, and Stories, I wish to just speak to any of you who are called to the Living Legacy Pilgrimage. I've had a great amount of interest. And what I've heard from a number of people is that I will go next time. And I hope, inshallah, you will go next time. I just want to speak to this. Our world is rapidly shifting before our eyes. And I pray that there will be many more times that I am blessed to bring beautiful groups of people to pilgrim in Kemet. However, who knows? Who knows what's happening in the world? And I encourage you that if you are feeling called to pilgrim in Egypt this December 3rd through 22nd, And if it is viable for you with your own schedule and your ability to invest, I encourage you to come, to come join us. It's going to be so special. And at least 
send me a message and I'll send you the official invitation. For those of you who are really, truly, seriously interested, each time we go in this way, it's completely unique, completely different, always guided by the divine. I say that with my whole heart being offered to you. We know Sekhmet as the great lady, the beloved of Ptah, the royal protector. Ptah is a very important healer. And Sekhmet herself is also a healer. She is also known as the Eye of Ra, the daughter of Ra, holy one, powerful one. She is the lion-headed goddess of war associated with the solar ray. And her name, Sekhmet, means to be strong, mighty, and violent. Her headpiece is a solar disc which demonstrates her connection and true synchronicity with the sun. And out of the solar disc, she has the Uraeus, the serpent, emerging from her crown. And quite often she's dressed in red. She is a very essential, important goddess of war and battle. However, she is also renowned for her role as a healer because of her knowledge of both magic and sorcery. And she's often depicted holding or carrying the Ankh, the key of life. The key of life, which is our limitlessness, our immortality. In the Egyptian Book of the Dead, Sekhmet was associated with the hot winds of the desert, which came alive through her mighty breath. In early Egyptian writing, she was called the Eye of Ra, representing the ability to see beyond the beyond. And in later ancient Egyptian times, Sekhmet was connected with the goddesses Hathor, Nut, and Bastet. Sekhmet emerges from the great primordial snake goddess. And Sekhmet has a deep connection with both snakes and dragons. And we know that the dragons guard the ley lines of Mother Earth and the snakes. The snake and the bird goddess are the ancient, ancient primordial representations of the great mother herself, of regeneration itself, the power And so Sekhmet teaches us about this primordial power, and we find the ancient serpent goddess all across earth, particularly in both ancient Egypt and in Indian culture. The snake and the spiral are seen as one, and in the same art that depicts beyond 5000 BCE, the snake the serpent, the spiral of life, the etheric labyrinths, this all weaves us into this great, beautiful season of Samhain. And so this Samhain, I encourage you within the crucible of courage, I encourage you to really dive into the great ancestral memories that are carried in the cells of your body. And I ask you, I ask you these questions in honor, in honor of Sekhmet and in honor of this powerful holy time of transcendence. 
What do you need to give to Sekhmet to purify? Where is the hidden anger stored in your bones, in your body, in your memories, in your emotional codes? Where is the rage? Where is the unexpressed, suppressed anger, rage, hurt, grief, loss, sorrow, jealousy, desire? Are you willing to feel these emotions? Are you willing to allow them to move through your body so that you may channel and clear them out in a way that is safe and that is holy and that is of service? And if you are, I ask you to join me in this guided meditation. I ask you to prepare a space to prepare a space for yourself, free of distractions, taking care of your biological needs, taking a moment to gather a candle, to gather some water, to gather perhaps a blanket, something comfortable to sit on, to gather a journal and a pen and anything else you feel called. And once you have everything collected, and you're ready to be present, we shall begin. Please take a moment to light your candle and ground your body. So allowing the body to come and lie down or be seated, making sure you're comfortable and beginning to take some nice long deep breaths And imagine from the palms of the hands and the soles of the feet and the base of the spine, imagine beautiful red, gold, silver cords of light spiraling down, down through the layers of the building that you're currently in, down through Mother Earth's body, through the layers of sediment and soil, going all the way deep down into the core of Terra Gaia, Mother Earth, where that crystalline core of great-grandmother hematite sits, and you anchor these spirals of light into her, weaving and wrapping through and around her. And as you do so, you inhale deeply. And you draw that grounding breath up through the layers of sediment and soil, up through your body, feeling that reverberate through all of your very being. For this is such a sacred, holy act to consciously ground to Mother Earth. She knows your name. She's here to support each one of us in these times. And as you're feeling anchored and settling in a bit more, Begin to welcome your ancestors on the left-hand side, welcoming that feminine frequency, that great divine mother frequency, that indigenous wisdom of the mother, the ma, all the way back through the lines. 
knowing that there's quite an abundance of beauty and majesty and intelligence that runs through you. And on the right-hand side, welcoming in the masculine frequency, that great, stable solar frequency, knowing as well that there is so much stability and courage and intellect and reason and protection and the ability to take a stand, to be completely solid. This lies within you as well. So you welcome in your ancestors in this moment, knowing that the healthy well ancestors are holding that ancestral field. You welcome not only your bloodline, but you welcome in your soul ancestors and you welcome in your star ancestors, knowing that all of those ancestors are gathered here with you in this time and space. And you feel that protection and you feel that comfort and that love encasing your entire physical body so that you feel from the center of your heart the chamber where the four portals of your heart meet within your heart space. You feel that gate open wide as you receive so much flooding through you. And as you're in this state of consciousness becoming more and more relaxed and also more grounded in your body and more present with the breath, you also feel the power and the potency of your heart and its prayer wrapping around Taragaya three, four times with your sacred vision and intention and feeling the power and the potency of this And you allow yourself through your consciousness to travel out through the stars, through the stars, through time and space, where you come to the great shining sun, the great central sun of all suns, and you arrive, you arrive with this golden frequency of light, and you feel a beam of light coming from this space, and this beam of light continues to beam out through the cosmos, through Mother Earth, and beaming down to you where you are currently located, creating the most beautiful pyramid of light, a pure pyramid of protection that fully encases your entire body. So you are completely encased in this pyramid of golden white light of protection. As you're held in the space, you begin to call Great Mother Sekhmet to you to witness you in this time and space. Perhaps she begins to take you on a journey, a journey through her hot desert sands. Whatever you witness in this moment, I encourage you to begin to tap your bones. You can tap your bones 
tap on your arms, your legs, anywhere and everywhere, tapping. And as you tap, ask, make a request that the hidden anger and rage come to the surface. Ask, ask that the old stories that you carry within your cellular memory, the stories that are not even yours, to come to the surface. Ask, ask for that which is stuck, stuck deep down, entrenched in the dark hidden spaces of your body, your psyche, your heart, even your psychic, energetic bodies. Ask as you continue to tap. Ask that this, anything that has been suppressed, repressed, to come to the surface now. And as these memories come up to the surface, you see Sekhmet blowing her mighty breath. She's blowing her breath around you and the breath swirls and it's hot and it's purifying. In this breath, it begins to dissolve the old paradigms. It dissolves the codes, the codes that were meant to be decoded, the codes that you are meant to restructure, to resurrect, to regenerate into their purity. And you allow yourself to feel that hot desert wind purify you, that breath of Sekhmet blowing, blowing, blowing you, flaming, flaming, flaming up all that is not pure, all that is not truth, for she conquers all except for truth. And once more, you find yourself in stillness. And as you do, you see yourself on this crystalline bed. Sekhmet comes. She comes. And as she comes, she begins to anoint you with her sacred salves, bringing forth 
the completion of this ritual. She places her hands at the crown of your head and begins to pray over you, for you, for you and all of your beautiful, blessed incarnations so that you consolidate to this now moment. And so it is. And you allow yourself to receive from Sekhmet her medicine and her power. And you find yourself wishing to stay with her for as long as it feels right, knowing when the time comes. You'll begin to easefully and gracefully move your body and you'll take the necessary time to reflect and journal and give gratitude. Give gratitude for this ancient, holy, Nataru, this goddess, this protectress, this sacred, fierce, holy one who has come, who has come to assist you. Blessed be. May Isis heal me as she healed her son Horus of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou great enchantress, heal me. Save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed Horus. Free me from all possible evil, hurtful things of darkness, from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine. <laughs>